Like I remember um, when I met you at Michael Albadani's. Is that his name? How you, is that how you say it's, it? Um, Ubaldini. Michael Ubaldini. Ubaldini. Yeah. yeah, I always say it wrong. Ubaldini's. It was in like um, Steel Beach or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I know you really made an impression on me too. I don't know what it was. There feels like there's a kismet. So yeah. I was really happy when you asked about doing this because I was like, oh yeah, that'll be great. <laughs> yeah, no, and I loved, I loved you were like telling your story about growing up, and I was like, oh, that's so. You seem like you have such an interesting childhood. So I wanted to talk about that a bit with you, and also yeah, like. Sure. I should probably too, because I want to like dive right in, but I'm trying to um, be good about this and I'm going to do an intro for you that I wrote, Oh, but I took it, I took it like some of it off of your bio and like an article. So if there's anything wrong, you can correct me, but. All right, sure. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, um, so everybody who's listening, um, hello. And this is pretty much, uh, I'm doing this because I figure everybody who listens to my podcast is wondering how long a person can talk about themselves and sing their own songs for. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm like so happy that Pi Jacobs is here and she's, um, she's an amazing singer songwriter um, based in Los Angeles, California. Her style as she puts it is an Americana bluesy rock thing, which I like. Yeah. yeah, it's, just <laughs> it's like, a thing. There's not, there's not a like word for it, but you know what it is. And she has toured extensively throughout the U.S. and Europe. Has had placements in many popular TV shows, movies, and commercials. And chances are, you may have heard her before and just didn't know it. She was born in San Francisco to a hippie mother in a hippie community. Moved several times, and her experiences have created the lovely, talented woman here today. And you can also catch her streaming on Fridays at 12 p.m. for the three martini lunch. Hey, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> so, that all sounds exactly right. Okay, <laughs> good stuff. So yeah. be- before we like dive in, how's your last eight months been? Whoa. Okay. Um, I put out my latest album on February 21st. Yes. And then March 14th was, uh, my birthday show. I have my birthday is my birthday is actually not on Pi day. It's on three twelve. but I just always, I've co-opted 314 as my day. So, wow. <laughs> so I always have a, sh- I, I traditionally I have a show with a lot of friends and it's, it's a fun thing. We had something planned, you know, a pie and friends show for the 14th. And that was the first show for me that was canceled. Um, mm. I had, you know, right before the pandemic, I went to Seattle, right? When Seattle was just like being the first real outbreak on the West coast. Oh yeah. And then I was in the Bay area and, Northern California. And so I was just uh, full on already touring and I had pretty much a whole year of touring plans. So pandemic happened and I called it for a while. It was like death of a thousand cuts because Mm -hmm. it was like, um, 
as a musician, it's bad form to cancel. So yeah. I didn't cancel. And so I waited for the promoters and various venues to cancel with me. And so every week it was like a drib drab of this person can't, you know, that got canceled, that got canceled. And then some people rescheduled uh-huh. to the fall and then in the fall they all canceled. Aww. So it was like every, every few days there was just this bad news. And, um, Finally, when I had no shows left on the calendar, um, I think I kind of just came around to like, I'm, it's, it's not what I want, obviously, but I'm in a groove with it. Like I'm making the best of it and I'm super fortunate to have, um, a good situation that I'm in. Mm -hmm. I have actually a great situation compared to a lot of people. So, um, I'm just trying to embrace it and, um, you know, move through it with a little bit of grace, I hope. Yeah. Um, I was really trying hard to be productive, quote, productive, mm-hmm. and write a lot and, you know, <clears throat> come up with some genius new material. And nothing was happening. Like, and I'm re- really disciplined when I write. Like, I'll go sit in my room and wait until something happens. Mm-hmm. Usually it takes me about a week or two and then it starts to flow. Well, this was months, nothing happening. So when I finally like just said, eh, maybe now is not time for me to be creative, things started to flow again. So I guess what I'm learning in the pandemic is just I'm just taking it day by day and trying to not force stuff and try to, you know, just get my head around the new reality. Yeah. And move with it, you know? Yeah. So Yeah, yeah. that's I mean, that's kind of the thing that I think it's taught all of us is that we can't control anything. And I think so many musicians and artists and writers are probably, because you have all this time, you know, a lot of people, um, some people work like day jobs and I was working a day job right before everything happened. It's like, and then I'm like, oh, I don't have anything to do. It's kind of great. I'm going to write so much. And then (laughs) it's like, nothing's happening. Um, So, and then you put the pressure on yourself and it's like, I, I totally know the feeling. So I have to let it go. The pressure doesn't help. And for me too, like I write a lot in response to my environment uh-huh. and my environment right now is my house and my yard. Yes, That's my environment. So, yeah. and, I, and my husband, which is great. I have him and I have my dog and my best friend lives in a little, like this little other house on, you know, we live in kind of a compound and she lives there yes. and that's awesome. So like I have a great situation, but even just, even though I have those two other people, it's not mm-hmm. like my normal world with a lot of stimuli and stuff. So yeah, yeah. I'm just, you know, getting used to, to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is, it's a lot to get used to. Plus, you just had that album come out. So were you, yeah. did you have like a pretty big tour planned? I did. I had almost a year of touring planned. Um, there was plans for the West Coast first, then mm-hmm. the East Coast, then... Europe in the summer, then in the fall was going to be um, from here to the Midwest kind of touring out to Americana Fest. So it was, I mean, there was a lot of coming and going. Like when I tour, my favorite is to go out and come home and go out and come home because I don't like to be gone for like six months at a time. It's it's too hard on my life. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, there was a lot, there was a lot of stuff that got canceled Mm. and I think I was mad for a while that like I 
I mean, I'd spent a lot of time planning and my label had spent a, t- a lot of time planning about how this rollout was going to go. Uh-huh. And of course it went completely differently. It still went well. Yeah. Like I feel like the album got a lot of attention. Yeah, it uh, has. Certainly a lot of good reviews and some airplay of a kind that I had never received before. So all kinds of good stuff happened. It just was, it just looked completely different than what I had, you know, in my mind. Yes. Yeah. It took me a while to get down with that, you know? Yeah. (laughs) No. And the album is like, I love, I was kind of going through your discography and, um, I love I love all of your songs, but the new one I really, really I think is probably my favorite. And I love oh. the um there's a song I actually wrote the name of it down. Broken Cup. I think it's like one of the first songs. Yeah. I love that song. Oh, I love it. And you you have such a great way of your voice is uh it changes. It doesn't just it's not like the same voice all the time. And I yeah. I love that. I love that it has like variety. And that song I was listening to it and you remind me so much of Susan Tedeschi. Do you know who that is? Oh yeah. From yeah. Tedeschi Trucks. Oh, I love her. That's such a compliment. Yeah, I, I love wish her I played too. guitar like her, but I know me too. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. No, I love I mean, I love the album. So it it's really beautiful. It is really very beautifully recorded. And the band is like oh, Do have you been working with the same band for a while or did you bring some um, people in? No, I brought, well, let's see. Every person has a different uh, role. Kel Pritchard is one of the backup singers, Mm -hmm. and I've been singing with her for more than 10 years. Um, We met in the Silver Lake Chorus, which I'm no longer a part of, but they're still going on, um, and just hit it off. We're really good friends. But she's been on four different recordings with me. Um, She is... She, you know, if I could be any singer, I would be her. Like, she's just amazing. And so she's she's on it, and I love that because we have such a good working relationship. And, um, and then the twins, the Hall brothers, mm-hmm. play dobro and upright bass, and they both sing. Um, they ha- – I've known them probably four years, and they were not on the album – the previous albums – but I met them right after I did A Little Blue, which is the one right before yeah. this one. Um, what's interesting about them, you know, my label's out in Appalachia. And I met my label in 2015 when I was on tour. And when I signed with them, I decided to go out there and just do what they do. I mean, they are really established as a bluegrass label that called Mountain Fever Records. Mm-hmm. And then they started this Americana side. So, so I was like, they have a beautiful studio. They have a great producer who's mainly a bluegrass guy, but does other stuff. I'm like, I'm going to go out and put myself in their hands and do an acoustic record, uh-huh. which is what we did. Um, and he, the producer brought in upright bass and dobro and i i loved it and then i got back to la and i was like uh i don't i know a few upright bass players but i certainly don't know dobro people yeah one of my friends was like well you got to get the hall brothers because they're from marion virginia which is right down the road from floyd where your label is so you know i stalked them Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i met them and and we've since done a lot of shows and touring and and they're just really special to me and, and they're on the record. And then nice. um and then Butch Norton, who's on the drums, 
has been a friend for a, a while. I can't remember exactly how we met, but um, he's played a few times with me when I did bigger shows. I could hire him and do like a festival or something, which mm-hmm. isn't that often, but they come up. And um, I was always like, he plays with Lucille and DeWilliams and he's definitely yeah. a few <clears throat> tiers above me in terms of <laughs> stuff. Um, but I think I was like kind of a afraid to ask him for a long mm-hmm. time and you know right before this album he called me and he's like you know uh I, I'm interested in playing with you and I I was like well you know I can't afford you you're too good for me yeah. kind of <laughs> and he's like we're gonna work it out you know get nice. we'll work it out you me and your label so um that's been an amazing thing because he's um, a little bit older than me and just he's really been a great mentor to me, uh-huh. um, which is, you know, it's always nice to find someone who can give you solid advice who's who's clearly on your team. Yes. You know, which, yes. which he is. So I agree. So, oh, that sounds like a good yeah. crew. And it sounds great. It's a good crew. That's part of the yeah. hard part about the pandemic is I miss them. I know. You know. I know. I know. <laughs> so. I miss I, – well, I'm like – I live with my – boyfriend who's the guitarist in my band and um our drummer so that's been nice oh but nice. you know it's still like we it's it's hard it's like you know you, sometimes you're like man i really really miss playing live shows so much it's you yeah. know just like having just being out on stage having that energy it's like but but yeah, yeah. we're we're doing what we can <laughs> yeah exactly do, do you want to play a song sure 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 um do you have a shoot i i've had a few things i was kind of thinking about but it seems like i should play broken cup since you like it yeah 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 i would love that do you have a story for it or is it like a if you don't it's okay you know um i kind of do um my now husband Mm -hmm. when i first met him he really baffled me because I was used to dating really not very nice people, mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, um, and what happened was I started dating him. And first, the first thing I noticed was that there wasn't a lot of drama. Mm-hmm. Like I liked him. He liked me. Everything was going pretty smoothly, you know? <laughs> and so I noticed that. And then I noticed uh, myself starting to kind of be a jerk to him. And w- what I realized was like, that was like a preemptive thing that I did. Cause I was just waiting for him to be a jerk to me, cheat on me or just be a, yeah. can I swear? Yeah, of course. <laughs> be an ass in some kind of way. Like, so I was preempting that. Yeah. You know, I was like, I'm going to be the jerk first. And, um, and, and as I was doing that, I realized that I was like, you know what? Um, when you're with a nice person, you have uh-huh. to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, so true. That's uh, oh, oh you know. Gosh. So that's why. That's so funny. It's so true too. Yeah. So sorry, I gotta tune this. No, you're just, fine. Because t- tuning is nice. Tuning yeah. Is I it was funny because I was um, one thing I was doing because the reason I started doing this was because I just like felt like I needed to keep practicing and. I wanted to learn my stage presence. I wanted it to be better. And I was really working on it before the pandemic happened. But one of the other things was like, I can't, t- 
talk and I can't tune my guitar at the same time. It's completely, I cannot do it. So no. I, I have a no. podcast where I'm like, I'm going to practice this. But then it was like, no, it's, it's just not going to work. Because I see people doing it. Like they'll be telling a whole story and they're tuning and it just looks well, like it'd be so nice to be able to do. It, it's not the best. I mean, I, I'm tuning by looking at this tuner, but here's the thing, like, when I am not, you know, trying to talk and do that, you know, I do use my earballs. Yeah, that's how we're, that's how we're supposed to tune. Yeah, with you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I think that's decent. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Broken cow. I got a good one. There's no earthly reason for my dumb love So I pour it all out My broken cup And now I'm versed In all them ways of goodbye mm. Divorce Whiskey, legal problems, and cheaters' lies. Oh, and I got skills to deal with the cheating kind. Oh, but a man like you requires a new frame of mind I got a good one Days of bliss and wonder And there's no earthly reason for my dumb luck So I pour it all out my broken cup And now I know All them ways to run and hide Oh, 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 I know To leave before You say goodbye A pro at what not to do. Oh, I did it so so well till I met you. Days of bliss 
dumb luck So I pour it all out My broken cup Ooh, out My broken cup Ooh, out My broken cup Beautiful song. I love it. Thank and you. it's so true. And it's like the words are actually exact. Like you didn't even need to tell the story because it's so clear in the song <laughs> what it's about. It's so true. It's like, you know, we all come into relationships with certain things. And to be able to find the, or to have the self-awareness to see that in yourself, that's like what growth is, really. And to be able to say... This is what yeah. I'm doing, and yeah. I need to fix it. <laughs> well, it's interesting. I mean, I know men do it too, yeah. but so myself and, you know, so many of my women friends, you know, go through this, especially when you're young, I'm yeah. just like uh, uh, trying to fix things within ourselves with some person that is never going to fix that hole or that whatever, or just being attracted yeah. to that because it seems like an easy way to fix something you know <laughs> yeah so. exactly exactly um tell me so when did you first realize that you had that you wanted to be a musician or that you had like a musical talent pretty early um so I think you said in uh, my little bio thing I was I was born in the hate Ashbury and my mom tells this story about we used to wait at a bus stop and there was an old African-American lady who used to always say, hi, sugar, to me when I was a baby. Mm. And so my first words were, hi, sugar. I was just like, nice. uh, you know, into imitating, you know. <clears throat> and um, so that was pretty early. And then uh, I went to a little hippie preschool that had mm. a choir and I was in the choir Um young I was like three wow. and and they gave me a solo I'm not sure why because I was three but <laughs> apparently I practiced at home and I was supposed to sing Silent Night and then I got to the show and of course my mouth opened and nothing came out and my poor mom was in the front like come on baby you know and I just you know I blank but I luckily I, I don't recall that these are all stories yeah. that I heard but I, I just was always always singing yeah um and then when i got older i started to get a few lessons and stuff i started to really ask for guitar lessons and things yeah so. is your mom creative oh very yeah very very creative she is musical in that i mean, she just had an amazing record collection when i was mm. a kid really diverse um a lot of classical a lot of r&b and soul and then the tons of what I'd call like California country. Yeah. So I listened to a lot of all that. And then um, my mom does theater. That's more her, her thing is acting. And she's uh, used to draw. She was a fine artist. So yeah, huh. a lot, there was always lots of creative stuff going on. Do you remember, because I read it in this interview you did that you moved about 17 times before you were 12. Seven. Seven. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't remember all the places. It, yeah. That's still like, um, that's so much. <laughs> what is, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. It's like, 
and it was so before you were told so do you remember hate ashbury at all or oh yeah yeah i do uh i remember certain places um you know my mom tried to take me on a little tour uh -huh. a few years ago um like we lived here we lived here we lived here most of them i don't remember but interestingly enough uh -huh. for the first two years of my life i did all that moving but all within like a 10 block radius oh, of hate wow. in Ashbury. Wow. So like, I don't know if my, my mom and my parents were still together when I was under two. So I don't know if they were mm -hmm. just partying or, or what I, I really don't know. And then later on, you know, my parents split up and that there was a lot of moving yeah. with that. And I mean, I, have since talked about it with my mom. She's like, I'm not sure why exactly why I do know we were really broke, which yeah. we were. So we were really broke. Um, there was a little bit of the hippie thing too, of like moving to the country and then moving back. So we did that yeah. a couple of times and then we ended up in Sonoma County, which is where I went to high school. Oh, so, cool. Did you have so like, things <clears throat> yeah. Did you have, did your mom have like a group of friends that were kind of around for your childhood or did it change? Yeah, she did. Um, so when I was three, uh -huh. my parents had split up. My, my mom, we moved into a, a commune in San Francisco on Baker Street, the famous, you know, that song. Uh, um, yeah. Winding your way down Baker Street. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, so we moved into it. <laughs> we moved into a commune called the Baker Street Commune. And wow. um, it wasn't like culty or anything. Um, mm -hmm. They were mostly just students that were going to San Francisco State. I mean, I know they had parties and stuff, but I don't. It wasn't like some religious philosophy or anything yeah. weird like that. It was just a commune where we ate meals together and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but they did call each other commune brother and sister. Um, and there was one other girl who was three when I was three there. Uh -huh. And we're still friends. We remet wow. when we were, we turned 30, we met for dinner, which was a real trip. But, uh, but anyway, back to the parents, they all still call each other brother and sister, and they still are in touch. And it's, it's a funny thing. Like I played a show in Sonoma County a couple years ago and they were mm -hmm. having like a little reunion, the commune and they all came to the show, which is super yeah. sweet. And I'm playing solo and they all got up and danced <laughs> like to me playing solo. And my oh. inner 15 year old is like earth swallow me now. Like, I <laughs> I'm so like, this is so weird. But then the, Adult part of me is like, this is really cool. I hope when I'm 70, I'm dancing to a solo artist. Oh my <laughs> like gosh. in the middle of a empty dance floor. Anyway, so yes, they are still they have been in my life the, yeah. all this time and you know, coming and going, but um yeah. That's so unique. <laughs> That's so I love I think that was a story that you told when when I played that show with you. I was like, I find that so unique. Yeah. Like usually situations like that, they just end up getting weird. Like they end up getting weird, like commune situations. Yeah. And then everybody ends up like going their separate ways. So it's like really special that they're, they're still friends and they hang out and they dance at your shows. 
think that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Well, I think it's funny. I think there have been periods where they weren't as close, yeah. Yeah. you know, and some people are closer than others and all that. But I think, you know, one thing I've observed is like now that people are, now that they're much older, like a lot of the things that maybe are important to younger people, you know, they're just not important to them anymore. Yeah. Their time is limited and, and they're going to make the most of it, which I love. I love yeah. That. Yeah. Okay. That's so cool. And then, oh. so then you were in, so, <laughs> and then you were in uh, Sonoma County, which is, yeah, that's outside of San Francisco, right? It is. It's um, two counties to the north. So if you go across the Golden Gate Bridge, uh-huh. there's Marin County and then one county up is Sonoma County and it's, it's wine country. It's not as famous as Napa, but it's right next to Napa. Uh-huh. So it's, it's on the coastal side. Nice. Okay. Very so. cool. That was another song of yours. I liked um, the. Oh yeah. Wine and grass. Yeah. I would totally do it for you. I got a detune though. No, it's okay. It's a, I'm going to tell everybody to listen to it. It's really good. Okay. We'll, we'll, that's what we'll do. We'll make them All go right. listen to it. <laughs> Even better. Even better. Yeah. Let's hear another song. All right. That one. All right. So let's see. Um, okay. I hope I don't screw this one up, but I'm planning on playing it for my podcast tomorrow. And it's a, it's a much older song. Nice. Um, this song is called San Francisco, oh, just because cool. you were talking about that and um i wrote this song like after i grew up in sonoma county i i went to junior college there and then i went to san jose state and i graduated from there and um and eventually i moved back to san francisco as an adult and because i had moved so much there was like this it was like putting a puzzle piece together Mm -hmm. for me like as an adult like oh wow, I lived there. Okay. That's the house where we threw the Christmas tree out the window. Like, you know, like I was putting together my memories kind Mm. of. Um, and I, I would live there for a while. I met my husband there and we were doing that. And then, uh, I got a manager in New York and a deal in Europe. And I just, I looked at my husband and I said, you know, let's go. So we moved to New York. And the thing is that I had never really left home. You know, I had kind of been, I went back to San Francisco to like put my pieces together Mm -hmm. of the home, you know. So I was leaving to go to New York and um, yeah, had this strange sort of feeling about it, like about leaving home for the first time and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, I was a little bit teed off too mm, you are. <laughs> yeah a little bit so anyway you'll hear this as soon as i get in tune i promised no you're fine i love teed off songs <laughs> I, and i, I, I do uh, hear it in your songs a lot i hear like there's a little <laughs> sass i'm working stuff out man i'm just i'm trying <laughs> you know what, what can i say all right so i just sort of relearned this so yeah okay Called it the city 
escape from it then back again and everywhere I roamed was my most constant friend get on the bus and ride walking to walk going Discount bakery, pawn shops, taco stands, smell that cheap bread in the air. Cause I am done rewriting history. Gonna fall right off my family tree. Leaving everything behind, save the treasures I call mine. Those faces that are hiding in your beautiful skyline. Beautiful skyline. On a hill where we could see downtown. Where all the real people meet. Every night the sirens lull me to sleep. I could mark the ground with excess. My life changed on this very spot, oh yeah. So if I am to leave, will my memories be I am done rewriting this story Gonna fall right off my family tree Leaving everything behind Save the treasures I call mine Those faces that are hiding In that beautiful skyline If this is all I am this is all I am Then it's a one-way dead end But I believe my home is in my skin And I am done rewriting your story Gonna fall right off of every tree yeah, yeah. Leaving everything behind Save the treasures I call mine now Like a lover passed by time You are always in my mind Always in my eyes With your beautiful skyline Awesome. I love it. <laughs> Thanks. You know what? It's, I was thinking about this when you... Because I actually... It's like, how do I... I never know how to put this into words. But... 
as somebody who's moved a lot myself, it's funny. I, I call it catching a feeling, but it's, and I think it's something, it's like a nostalgic thing, but are there certain, like with that song and like, and not even songs, but just like when you think about San Francisco or certain places that you've lived, does it kind of give you this like feeling? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like this mm -hmm. nostalgia that sometimes like creates music? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like a, a homesickness. Yeah. And home homesickness is like just another version of like the spiritual longing or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes a place gives you... Well, I guess that's what the song is about. It's not the place, it's the people yeah. that that give you the feeling of whatever it is. And, yeah. You know, it might be have been a moment in time where, you know, you had certain people in your life or whatever, but that you're remembering uh -huh. fondly or remembering <clears throat> is like kind of filling you up. Yeah. You know? But yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like sometimes you, you feel like you're because my my mom always like, well, my parents moved a lot and I always and it was always my mom's decision you know she always wanted to be we were I grew up in South Dakota and then it was like we're going to California and then we're going to um Oregon and then we're going you know it was like all these different places and I, f I always felt like I had this the same sort of wanderlust in me it's like I have to kind of tone it down and be like just be happy where you're at because because I'll be yeah. like I want to go back to South Dakota because I want to feel that again and like have that experience or I want to go you know whatever it is so yeah I think that's why um, to not being able to tour is uh, – there's two things that I feel a lot during the pandemic. Yeah. One is not being able to tour and the other is not being able to play live for people because mm -hmm. even though I, I like the streaming thing, it's not, it's not the same. No. So, I mean, those two things – sometimes make me feel like I'm missing an arm, you know, like I, yeah. that traveling is a big part of who I am. I think if I wasn't a musician, I would still travel a lot. But yeah. when I get to travel and play music, those are like my favorite things all put together. You know, if I could have my husband and my dog with me, I'd be <sighs> like, I'd never come home. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's so. very true. There is, there's a, a big part of that. It is kind of like missing a limb. Um, but what what's one of your favorite spots you've played or traveled to or both? Oh, well, um, I've been really thinking a lot about your, my friends in Europe. Mm -hmm. um, I've mainly played in Germany, the Netherlands, and the UK. Nice. And I have wow. been fortunate enough to go back. Like, there was a good run there where I went like four years in a row. And wow. So I'm, I'm, I actually feel uh, I have actual relationships with people, friendships, and I, I do miss them. Yeah. And um, not being able to go there is hard. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, I like to bag on the internet because it's not the same as in person, but thank God for it, you know, because yeah. I am able to keep up with my friends that are all over the world, you know, even if I'm just sort of stalking them, mm -hmm. I feel like I, I know what's going on a little bit in their lives. Yeah. Whereas like if we didn't have all the social media stuff, I'd, you know, in between phone calls, which are sometimes six months apart or even a year apart, like I would have no idea that they got a girlfriend or they, you know, move, like I wouldn't know, but yeah. 
I get to sort of see. I know. <laughs> that is true. You know, s- stalk my friends, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is true. But you know what? I always have this theory because, well, Facebook has been around for me like most of my adult life. I think I got a Facebook when I was like 23. Yeah. So it's hard to kind of say I'm gratefully didn't have it when I was a teenager. I'm always so grateful for that. Um, Oof, but yeah. can you imagine? Oh my gosh. Um, I just, yeah. But what I always wonder is if I would keep in better touch with people if I didn't know what was going on with them. Yeah. Cause sometimes well, I feel like I, for me, I feel like sometimes I don't call, like if I, if like my close friends, I, I'm talking about like my close friends that I need to be better about yeah. calling I'll, I know what's going on, so I don't. I don't have the curiosity. To say, right. you oh know? yeah, I get you. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, but it's yeah, like it's still um, really a good thing. You know, I'm not saying it's like, but I always like kind of yeah. think about that with myself at least. Yeah. No, I'm sure there's a certain amount of laziness that I get into because I feel like I know what's going on with my with friends. Um, I have a couple of friends that definitely take long breaks and yeah. they always post like, I'm going on a break. If you want to talk to me, phone me, yeah. damn it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I should really do that because that's better. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so. but, but you know, at the same time, it is nice that you can, there's only so much time to keep in touch with people and it takes, you know, a lot True. of mental energy sometimes to get on the phone and have a long conversation as well. Right. Right. And for me, like I was saying, you know, I have, because I have been in Europe so much, um, you know, it's, it's, it is easier to like stay in contact with people and and I'm happy about that. I mean, I'm not going to be calling Germany every two weeks, you know? Yeah, (laughs) that's true. A little expensive. So (laughs) that's very true. You know? Yeah. So you got the long distance. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think we'll wrap it up here and then we'll have you like sing a song on the way out. All right. Great. Um, hmm. But thank you so much for doing this, by the way. I really, really, really appreciate it. I am so happy to see your face on you out there. won't see it, but we're zooming or whatever you call this so we can see each other. And, um, and I'm so happy you asked. I definitely felt that show that we played together, I was like, there's something here that like we're, there's a kismet or kindred yeah. souls or something. So, yeah. Um, and I also really love your voice and your songs. Oh, so. thank you. Thank so, you. Yeah. yeah. Well, when this is over, we'll, we'll do a show or hang out or something. All right. I like it. Yes. All right. So question for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have two choices. Okay. I have something from the new album. I could do something that's kind of uh, fun and upbeat. And then I have a, a brand new song that I, I really love, but it's it's not that fun and upbeat. <laughs> no. Let's, I love a not fun and upbeat song. Everybody, everybody who listens to this knows, and I love new songs. So let's do that. Cause also, because I'd like people to listen to your new album. So we okay. don't want to give too much away on it. Okay, yeah, I'm down with that. I'm down Sweet, with that. I love it. Okay, so this new song. Oh, did I have the line there? This new song. Um, yeah, I'm not. I don't need to say anything more than that. It's called Soldier On. 
Will it feel like home? Long lost best friend. Will we say that we made it through the storm? Is there nothing left of the norm? Cause I won't change. I'm afraid to hope it stays the same. No one cares how we've all, and I feel so small. I gotta act grown as a soldier on to the unknown. I got no There's so much suffering I don't know how to help So I'll try To stand against the wind And to not let go of your hand Cause I won't change I'm afraid to hold it stays the same Nobody cares how we vote I feel so small I gotta act grown As a soldier on to the unknown A soldier on. A soldier on. Hope my future will be beautiful. Nice. I think you encapsulated a lot in that song (laughs) that a lot that a lot of people are feeling. So it's beautiful. Every time I talk to my friends, they're like, man, I'm keeping on. I'm like, that's what we do. That's what we have to do. So So. resilient. Oh, thank you so much. And tell, um, tell everybody where to, so I know is the three martinis, is that, is that a podcast (laughs) or 
Did I say it it's wrong? A, it's a live, yeah, the three martini lunch. Yeah. It's a live stream uh-huh. every Friday at noon Pacific. I just started it for the new year. Um, and I guess, you know, I had been streaming when the pandemic first started. Mm-hmm. Every day at noon, I did the midday snack. And that, yeah. it was just one song every day at noon. Yeah. And it was exhausting. Because even though so it was one exhausting. song, <laughs> oh my God, it was a lot. So I, I burned out. So I was like, oh, I miss it. I'm going to come back. But I'm one day a week mm-hmm. and it's a long, little longer show. It's like four songs. Um, so anyway, the midday snack is now a three martini lunch, which is a metaphor, of course. I love it. Well, <laughs> unless, you unless you want. want to get a martini, feel free to do your thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Oh, thank you so much. And I'm going to put some links to your album in the description. So. Everybody give her pie Jacobs a listen and I could talk to you for hours, but thanks for spending this time with me. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. It's great to talk to you.